mindfulness mode. Our gut bacteria really are more important than our very own DNA. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm here today with an ex-paramedic, and he's a holistic nutritionist specializing in gut health. So this is a topic that we've talked about before, but I think we're going to get into it in a lot more detail today. This whole thing about gut health, you know, it can help us in so many ways if we can get our our gut to be healthy. And some of us don't even realize how devastating it can be if our gut is not healthy. So we're going to be talking about all of this. And my guest uh, today that I, I have on the line with me is Josh Deck. Josh, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am so mindfulness mode today, Bruce. I got up at six o'clock, took an hour, just started prepping and just did some breath work, some extra breath to get some more oxygen into my brain because it's 7 a.m. here. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's early here too, and uh, it's so great to have you on the show because this is a real major topic that we should be open to and and really be like just all ears basically. So before we get into the topic of gut health, tell us what mindfulness means to you, Josh. Well, it's an interesting question because it's not something that people who aren't mindful will ask you almost ever. And there's a lot of definitions. For me, it's being an observer. You know, it's so easy to take a look at things, make snap decisions, snap judgments rather than to sit back. And the greatest piece of advice I'd ever been given in my entire life is seek first to understand. Mm -hmm. And I do that in everything I do, both in my relationships with my wife, my friends, my work colleagues, the, the professionals I work with. When something looks nuts, especially today, you know, when the internet blows things out of proportion and there's lefts and rights in politics, and it's let's just understand first where they're coming from, where they're at, why they're acting or being or doing. And it just changes everything. It's a whole different perspective on life. So you became a paramedic. Tell us about your life as a paramedic and how it transitioned then later into this specialty of gut health. Well, truthfully, you know, it was a very short career, Bruce. It wasn't something that was extraordinarily long. I was I was graduated in oh, 2013 and by 2015 I was in a new career. Oh wow. And yeah, there's a lot of happenstance there. And I was lucky enough to do a lot of really amazing things without really dealing with a lot of the PTSD a lot of my work colleagues did with some really horrible, devastating calls they had gone to. Um, but it was a really interesting career. You got to get very innovative working in, you know, rural Newfoundland yeah. for sure. Oh, is that where you were working? That's right. Oh. A little town called Fairyland. Okay. And uh, just town of 500, hour away from a hospital, and a lot of things can go wrong especially when there's fishing and carbon monoxide in the winters and accidents and ATV trails and moose and bears and all kinds. Mm -hmm. So um, had some really interesting stuff that had happened, but long and short, I ended up coming across Canada. I went back to Ontario where I'm from and I tried to get a job as a paramedic mm -hmm. and just nothing was working. I went, I drove right up from Windsor, which, you know, Windsor yeah. all the way to Sudbury, I hit every town along the way. And I just couldn't find a job. And I thought, well, damn, better move. And so I came out to Calgary, Alberta. Mm -hmm. And again, paramedics, my license wouldn't transfer over as a whole thing. And I thought, well, while I'm waiting for this, I'm going to lean back into my career or my one of my passions I've been doing for 10 years. Anyway, I'm going to lean into personal training. Mm -hmm. And I went all in on that. Okay. And this is when the door just opened. 
I quickly realized that what I was doing with people in para or in personal training was different than paramedics. See, paramedics, you pick the same person up over and over and over for the same type of issue, a heart, heart pain, chest pain, something going on, respiratory issues, illnesses. And I realized they went to the hospital, they got medication, they got sent back home, and that was it. And then you pick them up, they go to the hospital, get new medication, get sent back home. We're masking symptom over symptom. It was sick care, not health care. Right. And my eyes got opened as a personal trainer. I brought in this client, Lynn, and she was fantastic. 57 years old. When she came to see me, uh, she was on 19 pills, or sorry, 17 pills and insulin for breakfast, nine pills and insulin at bedtime, slept with a CPAP machine, was on disability at work. Her blood pressure was super high. She was borderline from what I could assess from my paramedic uh, congestive heart failure. Just a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, 57 years old, just on a decline. And by the time she was 59, working together, doing the strength, training the food, the nutrition, getting into her gut, at 59 years old, she broke her first world record in the powerlifting raw division, uh, in her division. That's insane, wow. It was awesome. And she kept breaking records till 61, 62, and she retired. And I thought, like, there's something more to this. And so I dove more into it and got into the holistics and the body's ability to recover itself. And I started seeing people with PCOS. I started seeing women with hormonal issues or people with depression, anxiety, skin issues, asthma, you name it. And it always came back to the gut. Every time we addressed the gut, they got better. And so I went back to school. I became a holistic nutritionist and then I specialized in gut and the, the diseases I started to see got worse and worse from IBS mm -hmm. all the way to inflammatory bowel disease, which is Crohn's and colitis, yeah. which in my opinion, next to cancer is one of the most severe gut digestive diseases any mammal can possibly get. And that's where I've specialized to today in the work that I've done that we've been able to accomplish in people whose diseases were previously thought to be autoimmune and impossible has actually gotten me where I am today. And I've had the pleasure with connecting with some of the world's most well-known, renowned and famous physicians and health specialists. It's been quite a journey. Wow, that is incredible. Well, how did you get connected to all these doctors and surgeons? Well, I have to give credit where credit is due. So there was a client who found me on Facebook in one of my groups um, that I run for inflammatory bowel disease. And she found me, did some work together. Over about 90 days, her symptoms went from what I'd say is about a six or seven out of 10 to a two, just completely turned around. Wow. And she was working with a functional medicine doctor um, named J.P. Salibi. And one of the things that I really respect is he reached out and he said, we want to talk, like, see what you guys were doing, see what you did differently. And he's, he's become a friend and a mentor, and he's extremely well connected with some of the best of the best um, through the FLCCC and the work that he does. And so he opened doors for me, started connecting me to some of these physicians, made email introductions. And one thing led to another after that. It was a matter of name dropping and saying, hey, I'm meeting with Peter McCullough or I'm meeting with Paul Merrick and I'm meeting with William Lee. And then I got Stephen Gundry onto the podcast and like it's just snowballed from there. And it's been an incredible journey. These last six months have been probably the fastest acceleration of my career. It's, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> wow, that's absolutely incredible. Such fast moving progress. And your podcast is called Reversible, the ultimate right. gut health podcast. So we can find that on Apple and Spotify and places like that. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. Right, reversible. Well, so how is this re reversible if if some of my Mindful Tribe guests are suffering from stomach issues or uh, pain, whatever, what do we have to do? 
Well, you can find Reversible, the Ultimate Gut Health Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So we do two episodes a week. One is a short where users or listeners can submit questions like, hey, how do I fix acid reflux naturally? How is my gut connected to my joint pain? What can I do? And so we answer those in a quick 10-minute episode. And then once a week, we have an interview with somebody who's way too famous to be on my podcast. So, um <laughs> I said Stephen Gundry, Lisa Bill Yu, um, all kinds of phenomenal uh, names who come in and speak about their role or their how the gut affects our world and how the world affects our gut. We had Joel Salatin, um, if you've ever seen Food Inc., most famous farmer in the world. Um, he was on talking about bioregenerative organic farming. We had Jill Winger talking about homesteading. We had Dr. Leo Gallen talking about the science of the microbiome or William Lee about the causes of disease in the rest of the body that stem in the gut. And so it's just an exploration outside of what we're conventionally told. You're sick. Here's a symptom. Here's a drug. Instead, we're saying, what are the roots? How do we undo that and let the body heal itself? And it all starts in the gut. I see. And I'm assuming that so many of us are consuming things that are causing inflammation. Is that correct? Undoubtedly. It's interesting, you know, if we take a look at our food, Bruce, what you and I can access in a grocery store, yeah. 80% of that stuff, 90% never existed a thousand years ago. Yeah. And so we have all these modern diseases. We have diabetes, we have Alzheimer's, we have fatty liver disease. We have all these things that are killing people. In fact, 93% of the leading causes of disease are directly connected to the gut. It's either responsible for or has a major role to play in what we're now calling natural deaths, stroke, Alzheimer's, um, cancers, cerebrovascular disease, which is again, more brain disease, um, diabetes, kidney issues, liver issues, Parkinson's, um, influenza, all these things that our bodies are dying from naturally, we can actually trace back to the gut and say, here's the major role it played either entirely on its own or had a major role to play and could have saved your life. We're calling them natural causes. And a large part of it is what we're consuming is not natural. Oh, wait, just 93%. I'm just digesting that number. Like that's just impossible to imagine. 93% of cases where people die, it's because of a problem with gut health. That's what you just said, isn't it? So we'll say 93% of the leading causes of death. So if we take the CDC's 15 leading causes of death, 14 out of 15 is 93%. And those are all gut. And I'll tell you, this is, this is a staggering number. So we talked about heart disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, all that. The 15th cause of death is suicide, homicide, accidents, injuries. Mm -hmm. So self-harm or some kind of trauma, which means every leading cause of death right now, that is what we're calling, quote, natural causes of death, are something entirely preventable. They're chronic inflammatory conditions that wear and tear the body, which can be completely reversed in many cases or avoided altogether. So can you share with us some of the ways that we can reverse this? Absolutely. So the first things first, we have to understand our gut connection. You know, we'll often say, well, I don't have gut issues. Well, what's normal, right? And what we're doing in medicine, this is the hard, the hard part about Western medicine is we are actively taking in all things, not just gut health, but even the blood labs that we draw from people and we say, okay, well, here's a normal reference range. It's based on a population where the vast majority, we're talking up to 97% are not metabolically healthy. And that's a quote directly from Dr. Joel Fairman, um, who said 97% of people are metabolically 
healthy. And that means their, their weight, their hormones, their metabolisms, how their body, the metabolism is just weight gain, weight loss. It's the entirety of your system. Everything like a metabolism is really defined by any chemical function used to maintain life. So you and me sitting here, it's a metabolic function to talk and to think. Mm -hmm. And so what we're looking at is 97% of people aren't metabolically healthy. And so we're measuring normal based on an unhealthy population. So the scale of normalcy slides downward as people get sicker and sicker. And we are, we're seeing more diseases, more illness, more obesity, more diabetes, more Alzheimer's disease. We're seeing this happening. And so we're sliding our scale. And so we have to acknowledge first, if we want to improve this, that what's normal is light years away from optimal. And so we have to understand that is the defining factor. The second thing is we have to look at, even though I may not have gut symptoms like bloat, constipation, diarrhea, pain, cramping, acid reflux, you may have gut issues. If you have asthma, if you have um, any kind of like eczema, skin issues, something that might seem more benign, it could still be your gut. And so all these things can be connected. So any symptom, I want to first rule out what I call the low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. Is it your gut? Is it from your food, your bacteria? Is there leaks in the gut? Leaky gut, it's not a bad thing but it can be a bad thing. Mm. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And so that's the first. And second, we have to also acknowledge that, you know, we can look at gut health and say, well, I'm gonna go on a cleanse. I'm gonna, we, we do a lot of this in our society, right? A 30 day cleanse, a seven day cleanse, a two day cleanse. Mm -hmm. And we're always trying to keep up. That's all we're doing is keeping up. And so we have to understand, we have to treat our guts like a broken leg. If you broke your leg and it's up in a cast and it's shattered into pieces, you can't go jump on a trampoline two days later. It no. takes a long time to heal. So these two-day, seven-day, 30-day cleanses, they're not enough. Mm. The, that tissue, even though you may be asymptomatic after a week or four weeks or whatever it is, it does take a long time, which is why we always have to go back to adopting this pro-gut lifestyle rather than this pro-gut weeks and go back to binge drinking and eating pizza on the weekends. Mm. Interesting. And so, so much of our food that we consume is processed food and so much of it has seed oils in it. And isn't it true that mm. seed oils are causing a huge problem in our bodies? I absolutely would say so. And it's interesting because we, we can look at some of the evidence in the actual data where they've done these double blind controlled trials. They say, well, we give it these people seed oils with this food and these people regular oils like olive oil and say they're perfectly fine. But the reality is, we can see the introduction of the seed oils back in the 50s, early 50s, and we can look at the disease growth charts and they're a vertical line, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking 45 degrees straight uphill as we see a lot of these diseases incoming. And so the only thing we've really changed in our society, minus a slightly different lifestyle, is introducing seed oils, processed food, food coloring, food dye, high fructose corn syrup, and all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, medicine will argue that correlation does not equal causation. That means just because it may be related doesn't mean it caused the problem. Mm -hmm. But we have to step back and go, again, these foods have existed for 50 to 100 years at most. These diseases have existed for 50 to 100 years at most. So what's causing the problem and start reducing and eliminating right away and have some bloody reverence for nature. 
right? Our body is not designed to eat these things. Imagine any animal who eats what it's not supposed to eat gets sick, yeah. right? If you feed dogs kibble as opposed to like raw meat organs and bones and stuff they're supposed to eat, you'll notice their fur gets really dry. Their, their stool gets really kind of soft and bulky and really smelly. Um, you'll notice that there, there are goops under their eye. A lot of dogs get the eye goop and a lot of that's inflammation from the gut. Mm -hmm. And so you switch them over to a raw diet, what they're supposed to eat. They don't have these excess byproducts causing waste, causing inflammation, causing eye goop. And the same thing happens with people. Okay. And what do you eat and what do you avoid? That's what I'm interested in. So personally, I advocate for an animal-based diet. Um, there's a lot of mixed data on it, a lot of mixed reviews or mixed opinions. But I can tell you from personal experience, an animal-based diet, more meat, more fat has done incredible for me. Now that's circumstantial, right? So as a gut specialist, what I do is I look into people's digestive systems, one, symptomatically. So what's going on in the gut and what symptoms are we seeing? And we can figure out through a science called symptomatology, we just relate symptoms to disease processes. We can figure out what's going on. And so that's number one. But number two, I do stool samples. I read stool samples all day. And what we're looking at is your bacteria. Now in your gut, we have between one and 2000 species and seven to 9,000 strains of those species, which gives us a, a variance of about 18 million different types of bacteria inside your gut. They make up about 100 trillion total. And for you and I, Bruce, um, you seem like a tall guy. You're probably, what, 180, 200 pounds. Yeah. Your gut bacteria, three to five pounds, that's two to three percent of your entire body weight is just bacteria. Mm -hmm. and they outnumber your own body cells 10 to one. And so they're extremely important. And we want to know what's going on in there. And so we can look at a GI map, which is a stool sample. We can read as much bacteria as we can see in 2023. And we can see what's in and out of balance. And based on those profiles, sometimes I do recommend people to have more berries and fruits and some vegetables and some meats. Other people, if they have a lot of overgrowth, they're reacting very poorly to starches and fibers and sugars, and they get really bloated, really smelly gas. That's a sign you have bacterial overgrowth. I'll go straight carnivore with them. Nothing but meat and water because we don't want to feed those bacteria things they can eat mm. because you eat and you poop your bacteria eat and they poop mm. the question is are they pooping good things or are they pooping bad things and based on the balance of what we feed them and what what they are in ratio we get these byproducts either helpful or harmful for our bodies and our brains wow so tell me about a client that might work with you do people work with you remotely and if they do how, how does this work is it a number of sessions and you just suggest what they should change in their lives well it's a great question because i do work remotely i work all around the world i'm in canada i've got clients in vietnam in the uk new zealand australia uh, mostly in the us as well and what we want to do is we want to see one, if they're severe enough, we only have so much space. So mm -hmm. primarily I work with inflammatory bowel disease, such as Crohn's and colitis, mm -hmm. and occasionally I'll take in the severe IBS if it's bad enough, because I actually look at them as a sliding scale. Medicine has spent 30 years trying to split the difference and say, well, these are different diseases. I'm now lecturing. That's one thing as well. Dr. Salibi, who brought me into this, this, this field with these medical doctors, he's got me now positioned at Priority Health Academy, where I get to lecture a few times a year and help teach doctors who want to learn functional medicine this stuff and so my lecture content what i'm doing is trying to blur these lines again and say irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel disease are the same thing and so for your listeners who might go well, i don't have either this isn't for me it's a spectrum if you have acid reflux and a little bit of bloat you are on a spectrum a low grade spectrum toward 
developing irritable bowel syndrome. If you have irritable bowel syndrome that progressively gets worse and worse over the years, you are on a sliding scale toward developing inflammatory bowel disease, which is Crohn's and colitis. And so we see this spectrum of development. I look at it like if you went for a hike, Bruce, I don't know if you like to walk, jog. Definitely imagine do. You're, you're a runner. Yeah. So imagine a brand new pair of shoes and you went out and you forgot to put socks on. What happens to your heel, right? It oh. rubs and rubs and rubs it until does. it gets red. Yeah. Then it blisters, it gets raw. You keep going, you'll chew to the bone. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with our gut. It's this little wear and tear. It's just a little bloat right now. It's a little constipation now or diarrhea now. It's a little bit of acid reflux, a little bit of change, a little bit of pain, a little bit of cramping. Till it's a lot bit of all these things and we've worn down those tissues and we developed these disease processes. And so who I work with primarily is Crohn's and colitis. Um, but the idea is that we want all people to avoid this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm aftermath, man. I am damage control. I would rather see people much rather see people avoid coming to see me altogether mm -hmm. because we can avoid a long process of a lot of difficult life. And, you know, I, I recommend 90 days minimum. Mm -hmm. minimum. Um, for the most severe cases, we're talking 50 bowel movements a day with blood, um, which is very, very severe and a lot of pain. 90 days is a minimum to get them 50, 80% better. Some people, you'll continue working either on your own or with us. I recommend doing it on your own, change your lifestyle. Um, but you can be years in the making till you get your gut back to normal, to being able to have a piece of cake without feeling like you want to die. Mm -hmm. And so, I recommend one to two months for every year you've had these severe diseases. If it's IBS, more like one month. It just it depends on how your body responds and reacts. Wow. Wow, this is just fascinating. Well, um, I always ask a question about bullying on my show, and I'm not sure how this relates to anything that you've been talking about at all, but it's fascinating to hear how people can improve their lives just by changing their gut health and improving their gut health and we can jump right to your podcast and and learn so much right there on reversible the ultimate gut health podcast if you were to write a book tell me the general message that that book would would have to the audience this is a great question i was i was literally bruce thinking about this earlier this week and i came up with a book title and we would call it antiquated medicine and to me the Western world, we're missing so much. And like we talked about, if the studies don't show, well, you know, correlation and causation, and we can't say for certain it's this issue, to me, it's silly. Every medical student who's ever graduated from medical school knows the story of Ignaz Semmelweis. And he was a Hungarian physician who back in 1956 decided we need to start washing our hands. That's the short of it. He observed two pediatric wards, one with doctors and one with midwives. And the one with doctors had a death rate five times higher. They called it childbed fever. These women after giving birth would just die. They didn't know why it was happening. And Dr. Semmelweis, and he decided, he made this discovery that maybe we need to start washing our hands and washing our instruments. And he did. And the death rates dropped dramatically. It turns out these doctors weren't washing their hands between autopsies, between surgeries, between whatever they were dealing with. And they go and touch these women and these babies right in the middle of childbirth when their immune systems are the most vulnerable and they're, they're open wounds. And so... The doctors, you'd think this would-be hero would be celebrated. Oh, yay, like we discover this new thing. We drop death rates by 90%. But that wasn't the case. He was ostracized. They didn't want to be thought to be dirty. They didn't want to be blamed for giving these women childbed fever or blamed for their deaths. And so he lost his job. And I think that one day, this antiquated medical practice that we have today, where it's just symptom management, where we're not looking at the, pro the probability 
of these things and the correlation data strong enough, I think one day that's going to be out the window and we're going to have a bit more reverence and respect for how nature intended all of us to be and all of us to eat. Right. That makes sense. Do you meditate? Yes and no. So I don't look at meditation. For me, meditation isn't ohms and chants and sitting in silence. I look at it as a reflection or a deep consideration. And so there are some people who will do this thing with an anxiety disorder where they replay back all the stuff they've done during the day, every conversation, every wrong word. That's not to me what it is. To me, it's going back over the things I've done, the things I've said, the thought processes I've had, and just looking for holes in the game and say, where am I wrong? What can improve? What are we missing? You know, in this conversation now, even like my, my subconscious is going a million miles an hour. And I'm, I'm trying to connect the dots, but what are the things that maybe I missed? What could have been a better conversation? Could we have dove into the actual gut-brain connection about the neurons and how your, you know, your conscious moves at a hundred miles an hour and your subconscious moves at a hundred thousand miles an hour? And you know, there, there's always more. And so what that does is it really allows me to improve what I do and what I deliver, what I bring to the table. And that it, to me is meditation. Okay. Um, I live and breathe this stuff. To me, it's obsessive. But for others, maybe meditation is that relaxation moment because you just got five kids you shuttled in the car to soccer practice and you want to rip your hair and their hair out and you just <laughs> yeah. you know need some time to yourself and that can be meditation yeah well josh do you have a story about bullying that you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference you know what i do bruce so it's interesting when i started this career there's been a lot of changes and like i said dr semmelweis was ostracized for bringing up new ideas and we hate new things we really do as human species we hate new things we challenge them we argue we get fighty and i was going all in i decided okay i've got something here and i'm just going to tell the world that i am reversing these horrible diseases and i put a post on my facebook page and i said nine out of ten cases of ulcerative colitis can be reversed and again it's Western medicine says it's autoimmune. There's nothing we can do. Take these drugs and hopefully we don't have to cut out your colon one day. And that's the approach. And we're fully reversing these conditions. So successfully, I've been given a job or a faculty position as a medical lecturer to talk about how we're doing it. And that's the success we're having. And I said, I'm going to tell the world. Well, Reddit did not like that. Um, oh yeah, they, they took my, um, uh, my information. I was getting harassed. I got threatened. They took my booking and booked me out at nope at fu.com. Just like, you're an idiot. You can't say this. You can't do that. You don't know what you're talking about. People just went off the rails because they got so defensive wow. about me coming in saying, hey, you don't have to live like this anymore. And so that was really tough. I bet. And I almost quit. I almost quit. I was like, you know what? Be miserable, live in pain. And I put this post on my Facebook page and it was actually the community of people I had helped so far who came back like, man, I was 16 years of dealing with this, like horrible pain, every doctor, every drug, 50 bowel movements a day. She's like, she described it as a faucet. Sorry, guys, that's gross, but that's, that's her reality she lived in. And she says, three weeks, I was symptom free. I've had people coming out of the woodwork to support me after you know, being harassed and bullied for a new idea. And I thought, screw them, I'm going to keep going. And it took some work. My wife can tell you what it was a rough week. It really was. But we are here now. And we are really making waves and we're changing medicine as we know. It. And I'm very excited about so that. So how do you deal with it now when you get these haters? I laugh. 
it's it's you if you can't laugh you'll cry you know what i mean like i do love what i do so much and i've got people of all ages i'm working with a five-year-old right now and his parents came to see me he had ulcerative colitis so same 15 plus bowel movements a day this poor kid in pain losing weight pale gray and he's five so it's right in development when you know the the prefrontal cortex the frontal lobes of the brain are developing like if we don't fix this kid now he will have developmental delays he yeah, will have learning disabilities sure. and he may actually develop autism that can happen yeah and so his parents came to see me his doctor was just giving him drugs we found his root cause he was fully infested with mold which caused changes to his gut bacteria which caused this inflammation and we started working on him and within a week, two weeks, we got him out of the environment, started cleaning his system, and his symptoms were cut in half immediately within two weeks. And so that is just a wonderful thing that I get to do. And I forget, what, what was the question on that one, Bruce? I lost lost my train of thought there. Well, I was just gonna, I was just asking you how you deal with haters now. Oh, and that's how. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get to lean into the wonderful, wonderful benefits of people reversing their disease. And I, I rely on these people because it's the most fulfilling thing I can do in my life. It really is. And the haters, I feel bad. You know, I used to, I used to laugh and I do, I do, I can laugh now. They just roll off my shoulders because we're changing lives as kids, kids as young as two, three, four years old wow. who could have a lifetime of horrible pain and disease ahead of them versus these kids now. He's five years old. Kid, kid would waddle around the house because his joints and his feet hurt so much. And he gets to go out and play in the sun and he gets to just be a little boy. Yeah. And that to me is just amazing. That you is know, amazing. Uh, we're giving people the lives back. Well, you're definitely on the right track. I interviewed a very successful person who had haters and he, he took this stance that I thought was quite interesting. Whenever he got someone like this that said terrible things or whatever he would even print it out and sometimes he would even record what the person mm. said and he would play it over and over and he would like celebrate because he's like hey i'm making a difference the fact that people are are so angry about this or people are so negative that means that i'm getting my message out to all the people that are being helped and somehow he reversed it so that that was a plus in his life instead of a negative and i thought that was really fascinating and you're kind of doing the same sort of thing from what you describe it's firepower and, and again, it's seek first to understand. If I can look at these people and say, well, they've been indoctrinated, really. Their doctors have told yes. them there's nothing you can do. Take these drugs. They've leaned into this life of being miserable. And it's really interesting. Have you ever watched the, the TV show House? No, I haven't. Mm. It's an older show. One of my favorites, Hugh Laurie plays Dr. House. And it's this investigative medicine. And, you know, the word mustard seed, he goes, oh, interesting. And thinks about this case and fixes somebody. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're medical mysteries and I love it. Yeah. And there was one episode where this boy was deaf. And while they were doing some procedures, they put a cochlear implant in his head. And he woke up and he could suddenly hear. And he lost it. He ripped this thing out of his head because he didn't want his deaf friends to no longer like him or want to be around him. And that's something we see often. There are people who will identify with this disease process. And with all the love in the world I do, I, I pity this process because 
not that they're pathetic pity, but just I, I, I want so badly for them to understand they can have a better quality of life. And, you know, if these people in your circle, because now you're a colitis warrior and now you're, you know, you have this community and these people in your circle, if they want you to be sick with them, they're not your friends, man. Right. And, and I see a fair bit of that. People are afraid to lose their identity, afraid to lose their community. People are afraid to get better because, well, I'm the girl who has this problem. I'm the guy who goes to see this physiotherapist and it's our identities. And when that gets rattled or shaken, we can lose a lot of that. And, and to understand there's a whole greener side on the other side of that fence. The grass is beautiful. The flowers are blooming and there's fruit on the trees and you can live a life worth having rather than being in pain and stuck on medication. And so I need to understand where these people are coming from. They're stuck. They're lost. They don't understand. They're angry. And what does it mean? If you can get fixed in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, it means you live five years, 10 years like this, and you shouldn't have. You got somebody to blame. You're going to be angry. And so it can be difficult sometimes for me to understand that, especially being on the inside, knowing how healthy people can be. But it's a really important part of practice as a clinician. To, to really understand what these people are going through, both physically and psychologically, emotionally. Well, I can feel your passion. You're definitely in the right place doing this work that you do, and you're so passionate about it. It's incredible. You mentioned about mold. Do you run into situations with parasites sometimes? Often. Um, yeah, I, I do see them quite frequently. In fact, there's a 20, 2021, this girl I'm working with now, same thing, diagnosis of ulcerative colitis. We did a stool sample and her doctors just gave her drugs, said, here's the things, take this, take that. And you know, you'll know, you be on these for life. And they were happy to just give her drugs for life. We took one stool sample, found a parasite called Endolamax Nana, three weeks, symptoms are gone, like 80, 90% gone. She's got a little bit of residual because the tissue is again, worn out like a heel in a shoe. So we have to repair that, but it can be that simple. Um, parasites, I'd see one in 40. I see Lyme disease, probably one in 40. Mold, one in 20, one in 30. Um, most commonly, it's stress, lifestyle, antibiotic use, foods, all kinds of stuff that we're doing, medications that we're using that are destroying our gut bacteria. And if we go right back to birth, Bruce, if we look at children, right, the Environmental Working Group actually did a study um, they, they, they had taken through Red Cross, I believe it was, they took 10 freshly cut umbilical cords. They tested them for bacteria, for chemicals. And I forget the exact stats. It was 267 unique chemicals found inside of these, these babies, which were unborn babies or freshly born babies. And we're talking things like petroleum. We're talking certain chemicals and products that should never be inside an infant's body. Um, and these things are very, very dangerous. And so we have to understand that we are even starting off on a, on a negative note, right? So they, they cut these 10 cords. Um, they had pollutants and pesticides. They had waste products from burning coal, garbage, um, chemicals used in stains and oil repellents. 180 of these chemicals were known to cause cancer in humans or animals. 217 are toxic to the brain and nervous system. And 208 cause birth defects or abnormal developments in animal tests. And we found this in babies. So from birth. We have an uphill battle to walk. We have this toxic burden. And so there's a lot of causes, but parasites, mold, Lyme disease, heavy metals, toxins, um, all kinds of stuff are, are leading causes for sure. Wow, that's fascinating. Your uh, website is reversiblepod.com and that uh, takes us to your podcast and I think you have other things on there too. But as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect, Josh. The first one is this, who is one person that has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Oh, 
Wow, I wish you prepped me for these ones, Bruce. That's a tough call. A mindfulness influence. I have a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife and I are both Christians, and that's something I've always battled with a lot is like my personal spiritual growth. And I have a mentor of mine, Kyle, who's been extremely pivotal in just my awareness and my approach to things and my relationship with God and what I do in my my personal life. And that's been a really important thing for me is having a mentor who's already where I desire to be. He can walk me through where I am and how to get there. It's better than walking through a forest blind. Yeah, for sure. My second question is about emotions. How has mindfulness helped you deal with your emotions in a better way? Dramatically. So I have ADHD. It's something I've dealt with a long time and actually fixing my gut, 99%. You'd never know I have it unless you live with me. And so when I was going through a lot of this process, trying to fix it, I was trying Vyvanse and other drugs. I was having mood swings, outbursts, suicidal thoughts. Like I was a mess emotionally, psychologically. And after coming through that and healing up my gut, I was able to then look back and see what was going on and how miserable my wife was during this process. And, you know, God love her just sticking with me. And like, we went to counseling and did all this stuff. And a lot of it came back to how my body was creating chemicals in my brain. And so the mindfulness of my physical body allowed me a reflective mindfulness of my, my, my psychological body and what was going on there. Wow, that's interesting. Let's talk about breathing. And uh, maybe you have some comments or thoughts about breathing and maybe through mindfulness. So breathing's interesting because we live in a world where we are deoxygenated. Gary Brecka was a fellow who's getting very famous right now through 10X Health. And he's famous for this quote. He says, the presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. And we do live in deoxygenated states. If I take your blood right now, Bruce, and I look at it under a microscope, your blood cells are probably aggregated, not coagulated, but aggregated electronically. They'd be drawn together like static cling. And so if we go out and just simply go 10 minutes in the earth, touch barefoot to the dirt in the earth, you discharge all these ions, those blood cells open up, which means you have more surface area, which means you have more room for oxygenation. And by getting into the sunlight, getting infrared on your skin, getting in touch in the earth, we hyper-oxygenate our bodies. You can add up to 16 times more oxygen to your mitochondrial cells, which imagine having 16 times more oxygen and with it, energy. And so Breathwork's a very important part following guys like Wim Hof. Um, mm-hmm. What I'll do before an interview like this, I'll sit down for five to eight minutes. I'll do 30 breaths, really dramatic in and out. And on the last breath, I exhale, it's comfortable exhale, and I just hold it as long as I can. It's a minute, two minutes. You keep going, you go three minutes, four minutes, you'll be able to hold your breath, and we hyperoxygenate the tissue. And that gives me better digestion, better breath, better energy, better mental clarity. All these things, my, my body starts to work better with that oxygen. So it's a, a big part of it. Oh, that's fascinating. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I want to ask you about uh, if there's a book that you would recommend related to this. Related to oxygen. Yeah, related to any yeah. of this topic that we've been discussing, really. Oh, sure. Well, the first one I would look at is called The Oxygen Advantage. Um, that one's by Patrick McCone, and he talks about the use of oxygen in sports and cognition and all kinds of stuff. It's fantastic. And for those who are listening, we'll talk, about, I guess, more my spectrum, which would be autoimmune disease. There is a fantastic book by Dr. Amy Myers called The Autoimmune Solution. And she's a very renowned functional medicine doctor who talks about all these people coming with autoimmune conditions and diseases, the doctors go, well, it's genetic, which 
that it just doesn't make sense. Genetics don't just do that to you. Um, she talks about all these conventional ways that medicine approaches these diseases and how people turn their lives around dramatically. And so the whole idea is to let you guys know that there is hope. No matter the situation you're in, if given the right conditions, your body will heal itself. As, as a, a total left field one for you here, Bruce, there was a story, there was a woman in the United States and she was having issues, she developed MS. So for those of you who know it's MS, your body just basically stops working. Mm -hmm. And what had happened with her, she was drinking four liters of Diet Coke a day. Well, that's full of aspartame, which is a known neurotoxin. She dropped the Diet Coke and within a couple of weeks, her symptoms started to go away. Within a few months, perfectly fine. She did not have MS, she had a symptom. And so again, if given the right conditions, your body will heal itself, but things in our food, diet, lifestyle, um, emotions, a lot of these things can create blockages in the normal signaling process of our body as it tries to communicate back and forth with itself and with each other. And so if we can just get out of its way, our body is beautifully and wonderfully made. It is immaculate in design. And if given the conditions, it will sustain and heal itself. We have to try to stop outsmarting it with seven-day detoxes. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My last question is about an app. Are there any apps at all that you use or that you recommend? Um, for me personally, Audible and Spotify. Um, my wife loves fiction. I love nonfiction. I could fill my brain with incredible stuff all day. The stuff that gets me the jollies. I'm listening to Dr. Amy Meyer's book again right now. Um, just to go through and refresh a lot of this stuff. And so for me, it's education. Um, I also do a lot of poetry. I do just amateur songwriting and I make a lot of music and write poetry that way. And so going through the, these, these songs and listening to this music and not like, you know, modern day hip hop, it's just, to me, it's garbage. I could, you know, make that stuff in my sleep, <laughs> but it's the <laughs> underground. The guys who put a lot of thought, like one of my favorite artists is Decca goes by DECA by Decca and he's got some phenomenal really like some it, the lyrics are just so deep and so metaphorical and they tell stories and to me that's what I use to unlock a lot of creative potential in my life and mm -hmm. myself is listening to other people who express themselves in a way that my brain understands which is visualization and poetry and again nonfiction books wow I see and so you do music do you make it available to others or is it strictly for your own use uh, one day I will. Um, I posted one song on Spotify that I end up I'm probably going to take it down. I don't love it, but it's out there. Um, it's, it was my first one I ever made. And so yeah. now having done this for a couple more years, I can see how rough it is. Um, but I, I just spend so much time with my clients. It is my greatest passion above all else that I don't make enough time for the creative stuff like music. But one day it will be publicly available. I love doing it. I love writing and it's allowed me personally to process a lot of my life and a lot of the challenges that because we all deal with stuff, whatever it is. And it's how I process. Some people journal, some people write, some people make music, some people scream into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just whatever does it for you. And how can potential clients get in touch with you, Josh? Well, the best way to reach me, uh, there is a contact form through uh, my website, reversiblepod.com. That's reverseable, A-B-L-E, pod.com. Um, there's a contact form. There's a button there that says work with me. And the best way, if you guys just want to scratch the surface, is, is like you said, Bruce, I appreciate the plug on that, is just listening to the podcast. We have some of the world's best, um, like I had mentioned earlier, who've come on the show just to talk about all the things in life that influence our gut and how our gut influences our life and our world and the interaction between them and the importance. And my goal with this show is just to help us develop a reverence to understand that our gut bacteria 
really are more important than our very own DNA. And if we can understand the basics, even the most fundamental stuff around supporting that, our lives will be much healthier, happier, longer, more cognitive, more aware, more mindful, more rested, more everything. And we can have better lives and be better people because of it. Wow. Uh, as we prepare to wrap up the interview, do you have any final words of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? I may have just given them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Like you really did sum it up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's a mindfulness and awareness. Our our guts integrate with everything. If you have insomnia, if you have you sleep with a CPAP because you have sleep apnea, if you have asthma, if you have anxiety, you have depression, if you're dealing with any condition, any disease, you deal with acne, skin issues, joint pain, whatever it is, it can be coming from your gut. And so to simply understand the basics of having a healthy gut, what goes on in your gut bacteria, that's the best advice I can give is look for the roots, look for the root cause. Because these conditions we deal with, these diagnoses, like a diagnosis, people will have arthritis, I have this condition. A diagnosis is simply a word that describes the current state of affairs. Mm -hmm. right, if you go to the doctor, they give you a diagnosis, they assess your symptoms, they give you a word, that's your diagnosis, and with that diagnosis comes a drug. That's how Western medicine deals with that. They're great at emergencies and surgery, terrible at everything else. And so what we want to do is understand that there's a route to these things. A diagnosis isn't permanent. It's a current state of affairs, a word that describes your condition. So let's go back. Why did this thing happen? What is the root? What is the imbalance that caused these signals to get crossed? I mean, if I went to the hospital with a thorn in my hand that's bloody, swollen, and infected, and they gave me ointment for the pain, I'd be pretty pissed. I'd be asking questions like, why aren't you pulling out the thorn? That goes for every disease, every condition, every We'll, we'll say any situation in the body that's not optimal. Oh, my skin's too dry. My hair's too brittle. It's coming from somewhere. We just have to find it. And if we can do that, you can change a lot of stuff. Uh, and that's why I put these free programs on my website at reversiblepod.com forward slash free. There's lots of stuff there just to help with basic digestive issues. Well, Josh, I can tell why the Priority Health Academy has recruited you because you're such a great communicator and you're so passionate about the topic. I totally believe in what you do. Thank you so much for sharing it and getting out there and getting up so early to get on this podcast. I really appreciate it, Josh. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Bruce. I really appreciate you having me. And um, if there's anything I can do for you and your audience, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let me know uh, if you guys want to come back anytime and just dive into the science and the depth and how it connects and all the uh, the biology behind it in a very obviously simplistic and easy to understand way. I'm always happy to do that as well. Okay. Thanks so much, Josh. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks, Bruce. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening. I'm going to say it again. Check out Josh's website at reversiblepod.com. Reverseable, R-E-V-E-R-S-A-B-L-E, pod.com and click on work with me just check out what he's got to offer there i was so impressed with his interview i hope you were too and of course you can always reach out to me uh, ask me a question maybe a comment on how you like the episode or didn't like it whatever bruce at mindfulnessmode.com so with that take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode <laughs>